You're listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by Access U, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Hey, let's do something big. I'm your host, Rachel Schneider. Welcome to the Access Success Podcast, where we highlight important topics focused on education in every form it takes. Now, you may already know from listening to this podcast, if you've been an avid listener, that college enrollment is at an incredible low, and this could have catastrophic consequences on the nation's workforce and just overall economy. However, there are solutions for reaching Gen Z where they are, and that responsibility, especially nowadays, is falling on marketers. A blog from our Vice President Strategic Communications, Rachel Spencer, details exactly how, and that's why she's joining us in the Access U studio today. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Good. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Very good. Great to have you. Can you just dive into it with us and tell us a little bit more about why this issue is such a big deal, especially recently people are struggling financially. So why should Gen Z be pursuing a degree? So before I answer that question, I want to address the bigger question, which I think is at the heart of this entire crisis and why the conversation is changing. And that is why should Gen Z or anyone pursue an education. It's not even really about the degree, it's about the education. Um, You know, there are so many different options now. It's not, you know, certainly if you want to be a doctor or a psychologist, yes, you should probably be pursuing a degree. But if you want to be a baker or you like numbers and you want to go into metrology or you're, you know, like working with your hands or maybe you want to just be a caregiver, there are so many different um, options include from certifications to apprenticeships to associates degrees there there are more options than ever before and i think it's really about trying to find and communicate the value of the outcome of whatever path you choose so for me it really comes down to the intersection of three things somebody's passion their skill and then um how the return that they're going to get on their investment for their education so you know the conversation is changing and the why is comes back to, I think, the heart of the human experience. So that's what's so important. And I think the challenge for marketers right now is to communicate authentically, you know, the value of what they have to offer in terms of the projection of somebody's life. Where are we going to take you? It's no longer about the degree on paper. It's not even about the degree itself or the institution that you went to. It's what are you going to be able to do with it? And where is this going to take your life? Um, so it has to be all outcome driven. So why should anybody be pursuing an education? It's, you know, what are we all about? Continuing to refine our own knowledge and skills to the betterment of ourselves and the betterment of the communities in which they live. And I think that's at the heart of why we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And so how can marketers then shift that strategy, shift their approach to convince students to attend their particular institution? What gives individual institutions that competitive edge? It's so hard because there's so much more competition now. It used to be, you know, you could kind of segment out your audiences. You know, this is the type of person that was going to go to this institution. And, you know, if you lived here, you were probably going to go here. And, you know, with the declining, the demographic cliff and the declining um, just enrollments overall everywhere, you know, everybody's competing for the same students now. So Harvard and 
you know, the community college down the street, they're competing for the exact same student, um, which is not something that we've really ever seen before. So how do you stand up against each other? And it comes down to authenticity, um, especially now in the age where everybody can see right through you, no matter what you're saying, you know, if you are not being authentic as an institution and not doing so much to really talk about the things that make you unique, you're missing the point. Um, now is not the time to try to be like everybody else or to try to one up and try to keep up with the Joneses. I think for higher education, um, it's really about, okay, let's hone in on what it is that we offer that nobody else does, whether it's for our community at large or for the country um, or for this particular industry. You've got to be able to talk about, uh, you know, bringing in things like your faculty um, and their experiences and the uh, paths that alumni have taken and what and then the other side of it too is what students are really looking for is understanding I think you know I think Dr. Brow was on this podcast before and talking about the role of social media playing in helping communicate what an experience actually looks like for students and I think that's the other piece for for marketers uh, when they're talking about not only what they have but what kind of experience can a student expect to receive so what does a campus look like what does a classroom look like what is the skill that they're going to learn what can they do with it um, it's all about visualization and communicating authentically those real value propositions so I think in the blog you know I wrote there are some community colleges now that are bringing in sports teams. Maybe you want to talk about that. Um, was on a call with um, a community college a few weeks ago, and they actually are putting in dorm rooms because they serve a very rural, spread out community, and it's going to be easier for students to come and learn with them if they can come in, um, you know, and stay a little while. So things like that, look for the unique stories, I think are going to be really, really important. Yeah, one of the things that Dr. Dean Browell, I'm glad you brought him up because one of the things he tries to emphasize especially is listening first, especially on social media, of course. And so how can marketing professionals at institutions learn from their audience first and make sure that they are in tune with what their audience and what Gen Z or what prospective students of any age may really need from them? I think it comes down to breaking down silos. So we can't as marketers speak authentically and truthfully to our audiences in a way that's going to resonate with them if we don't engage them in conversation. So that can be through social media and just listening to the conversations that are taking place. But there are also so many opportunities on campus. And, you know, and this goes beyond higher education. I mean, if you're a B2B organization or, you know, you're trying to recruit a labor force or something, bring the people that you're trying to recruit and speak to to the table so that you understand how they're receiving messages and what's most likely to resonate. Um, I think higher education especially has um, a tendency to kind of silo off, you know, here's recruitment, the the recruitment or admissions office, and here's our faculty, and here are our students, and here's student services, and everybody's kind of doing their own things. And really, it's about bringing everybody to the table so ideas are being shared, and so you can come up with a different approach to talking to students in a way that is going to be appealing to them. And speaking their language. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, how... I'm 40 years old. I, how am I going to speak to somebody who is 18 or 22 um, if I don't 
talk to them and understand. I mean, I know that I don't use emojis the right way, you know, like <laughs> things like that. So, um, you know, I think there's just there's value in learning the lived experiences of the people that you're trying to communicate with and just just talking to them. And there's so many different ways to do that. And if you haven't found a way, then you're not trying hard enough to be you know, honest. And that sounds um, harsh, but, you know, bringing together groups on campus, facilitating communities, um, facilitating opportunities to bring different people to the table intentionally just to listen and hear their thoughts. And that gives you so much rich content and rich information to use in marketing um, moving forward. So, you know, that you're you're resonating and you're saying what needs to be said. And obviously, these marketing and public relations projects are going to take a team of people. So what should that team look like when institutions are building their team to combat this problem? What roles and responsibilities need to be accounted for? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it goes back to what I just said. It's about breaking down silos. So when it comes to recruitment, recruitment is marketing right now. They don't, they're almost indistinguishable. Um, so you have to, with your recruitment strategy, you have to have your communications and marketing team on the board. And that should be a given. But also, you know, bring in the faculty, bring in alumni, bring in student services, um, you know, bring in some sort of representation from everywhere. And that includes, you know, if you have somebody working in the DEIB space, you know, making sure that they're, um, you know, heard because it it comes down to making sure that all your audiences are feeling heard and feeling that they belong. And so if you're missing a person or a department um, or representation at the table when these decisions are being made, then you're probably missing out on an important message that you need to be communicating. Yeah. And as the recruitment department and the marketing department are molding into one or they may already be molded dependent on, you know, the college or the university, how can they prepare students? How can they what types of activities can they offer things that they can offer in the office that would be beneficial? You know, so I think um working with career services to connect students to post-education opportunities um, in real tangible hands-on ways, um, looking for helping them find jobs and internships. And, and, you know, that works to further your marketing because then you're creating community-based connections um, or industry-based connections. Um, so you're, you're fueling opportunities for students to connect outside of the campus environment or the online environment if they're, if they're learning online. Um, so, using sort of that practical approach to help students establish their careers so that they know that when they come to you, they're not just going to get a skill or an education, they're going to get results, um, because that's really what students are looking for. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about dual enrollment and just the role that families also play in this department? Because I know when we spoke to Monica Gomez and she was talking particularly about Hispanic enrollment for first gen students, um, they just feel so welcomed when somebody on the college or university staff is bilingual and can actually talk to the parents who may not um, speak English or may not be, you know, uh, as proficient in a lot of the different, you know, college and university lingo that they may be using. So what value does that bring, especially when we're talking about reaching students at the high school level? I think dual enrollment is such a unique opportunity that is so exclusive to community college experience. Um, And that's really where, you know, they can really shine because one, they're helping to change the conversation at a younger, with younger demographics and their parents that community colleges offer just as much value as a traditional four-year school. Um, You know, and it's also introducing um, 
parents and their students to what the college experience is like early on. Uh, you know, when we've spoken with high school students before who have been in dual enrollment, the biggest value that they see is not so much in the in the education, it's just that they feel more confident going into their future because they're able to experience what, you know, a college course is like, um, and they know a little bit more about, you know, how they can approach critical thinking in terms of making decisions on what they want to do after they graduate from high school. Um, so, you know, I think they sign on to dual enrollment for, you know, just to get the college credits, and then they come away with a much more confident and uh, robust understanding of how everything works, and they can make smarter decisions that work for them, and many of them end up staying at community college or doing something, learning that they don't need a four-year degree. They can go out and they can do something else in the community. And what concerns are we seeing among international students that are affecting enrollment? Yeah, well, I know, you know, for sure, there's a huge decline in international students even coming into the U.S. It used to be that so many people would, I think it peaked in 2018 or 2019, you know, the United States was seen as, you know, the educational center of the world. And this is where you came for a good education. Um, And that number is dropping dramatically. And part of that is because COVID. So we had a lot of people who just weren't traveling and coming in. But we're also seeing a lot of other countries, you know, really amp up their their own educational spaces. Um, you know, so there's more competition globally for that. But then it also comes down to, again, that word belonging. And so when we've spoken to international students, you know, they're looking for opportunities, but when they come on a college campus, you know, they they don't have the support that they need, or maybe English is a second language, or, um, you know, their parents don't speak English, so they have a trouble communicating the value to their parents. Um, so it, it comes down to how are you working as an institution to create a space that is welcoming where international students and any type of student feels as though they belong and that they have a place on your campus. And I think that's just amplified with the international student experience because they're, you know, they're coming from different countries and they're coming from different cultures um, and to come on and to try to find a space and come on and feel comfortable with a college that is not making the effort to really understand their experience, they're quickly deciding that it's not worth their time and they can go out and do something else. And we do know that international travel period has been affected by the COVID pandemic. So how can universities and colleges make sure that they're being sensitive, but also self-aware enough when it comes to the COVID-19 concerns that students and professors and just their community may have? Yeah, I think we're in an interesting time because everybody feels like they want to be done with the pandemic. I mean, I certainly feel like that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so many things are opening up, but it's, you know, just as it's been like the last two years, as soon as everything starts to open up, you start hearing about new variants and things. So you know, it's a tricky situation where we don't want to focus so much on COVID-19 because everybody's ready to move on. But at the same time, don't hide behind that elephant in the room. There are still really very valid concerns about safety of of being in person, um, you know, and also, too, we learned some things in the last years about how to translate education experiences online that really enable more access to education for people. So my hope is that some of the changes that were made in the last two years as a response to COVID don't go away just because the pandemic is going into an endemic phase. You know, online learning, um, you know, 
respect for space, um, you know, and just implementing virtual components to in-person events or in-person classroom, just bring it all together. I think we're going to see a lot more of a hybrid environment. And I hope that continues because it enables everybody to be able to access education in a way that suits them. There are plenty of people that want in-person um, and that's how they learn best. And there are also plenty of people through, you know, personal preference or life circumstance, they can't make it to an in-person classroom. So I think everything needs to start being hybrid and communicate that you offer those solutions that work for student needs. With there being so much competition among institutions for students right now, how can they best portray their messaging individually? I mean, what do they need to stick to as far as some best practices when they're developing these marketing and PR plans? Yeah, really just stick to the facts. Like, what does your school do well? What makes it special? And and why should somebody apply there instead of anywhere else? You know, I think every we've gotten kind of accustomed to this is what students want to hear and everybody's saying the same thing. And go back back to the basics of your institution um, because there's a reason why you're here in your community or within the industry and there's value that you offer. So go back to the, the who, what, where, why, how, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it really is that simple. Um, you know, and again, to work to change the language and understand how students are listening and receiving and processing information. You know, it's not a time to dumb it down, but, you know, really take the time to understand how language is evolving with generations and reflect that back in your marketing. Um, You know, it it is really challenging and not to pick on anybody, but if, you know, you've got somebody that is, you know, a privileged white 55 year old woman writing copy from her own experience and not taking into account somebody with a completely different background from her, you know, that, that is noticeable now. It might not have been, it might've been something we could overlook, a few years ago, but we can't now. Um, and so making sure that we understand lived experiences and adjusting copy and language to reflect those core values of your institution are critical. So just moving on to final thoughts too, if marketers leave with nothing else today, what should they know? just focus on communicating the outcome. It is really all about results these days. It's not about your institution. It's about what you're going to be doing for that person. Um, Students have more options than ever before. So communicating that value and focusing on outcome driven results. um, That's that's really what it comes down to. You know, the conversation is shifting from that there is an expectation that you go to college to now there is an expectation that you will think critically about what is the right path for you. Um, And more and more people are processing that differently and they're thinking critically and they're coming up with all kinds of reasons to pursue one path or another. So, you know, if you're not focusing on what you're going to do for that student after they leave, uh, you know, you're missing a huge opportunity. They're going to find somebody where they have a little bit more assurance that they know that they're going to have a career or some sort of certain path moving forward. Well, thank you, Rachel. And for those listening, you can read our full blog. We come out with new blogs and podcast episodes every week. So head online to accessu.com to check them out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what the world of education needs to hear at AccessU Agency and connect with us at accessu.com. Let's do something big.